I was, I, I was with Rachel on New Year's Eve. I knew it was New Year's Eve. I was aware what people do on New Year's Eve is, because I'm a romantic, some say, you, you kiss, and right before you kiss, you say, Happy New Year. I knew that. I turned to Rachel, and she turned to me, and she said, Ha, and I said, Ha, at the same time. We were in sync like that. And I said, Happy, and she said, Happy. She said, New, and I said, Burr. She said, Year, and I said, Day. I just messed it up. <laughs> she was ready. To, she said, Happy New Year, because she's a grown adult and competent at things. And I turned to my wife on New Year's Eve and said, Happy Birthday. <laughs> what? And she puts up with me. And we, we tried it again. Now, at, at that point, you know, you have to sing Odd Lang Syne. There's always one person who knows the lyrics to Odd Lang Syne. Or is that how you say it? I don't even know how to say the title. Well, they started singing Odd Lang And I sang Happy Birthday. Just to stick with it, you know? <laughs> stick to your guns. Because some things are just too important to let go. You got to just stay with it. And what I love is to be with people, with friends, family, who, when I mess up, get to laugh at me. What would really make me nervous is if, when I messed up, everyone got quiet and just had to pretend it didn't happen. Oh, don't, don't point out what Dad did. But... When you have good friends and good family and good people in your life, there is a sense of this is how we mess up together. Someday, when Rachel messes up, I'll get to laugh at her. And I've been holding on, I've been ready. <laughs> I'm ready. But when things happen, I remember when, when, you, were, when you were growing up, in church, if something crazy happened, you had to ignore it, right? You had to just sit and say, oh, yes, church, because church was a place where something happened. Church was a place where a thing happened, and we had, our church had a board over here on the left that told you the order in which those things happened. Had this song, this song, this song's before the communion, this song, this song. And it was that, this is, this is the order. And there would be a small panic sometimes if one of the songs got switched. I remember a, a time when a, a man said the prayer for the cup before he said the prayer for the bread. the vapors <laughs> but I, I but it was serious that Sunday night he like repented it was serious I'm not that's not a joke he did he felt awful all day until he came back 
to make up church. <laughs> and had he and like told us about it. And like, man, I, you know what I hate for that guy? It's not that he messed up somehow. It's that sometimes when we're we, we've turned church into a place where like, perfection has to at least be projected. When some of you have for years been driving to church separately because you know that's just how it's best. That's it. Doesn't that happen more than ever? Can we be real? Don't you get in arguments more on the way to church than just about any time? Just stressed and get in the car. I've been in the car for five minutes. and Pull up. Makeup mirror comes down and starts going, and your wife's like, you've, you've been in the car, and now we're here, and you're doing this? In that story, the man's putting on makeup, and it's fun for me. <laughs> but there, there is some anxiety, and you're, you're tense, and you come into church, and people are like, good morning. You're like, oh, bless you. Yes, thank you. And we just project Perfection, because church was a place where something happened. Church is a place where a thing had to get done. And we're supposed to sing those songs and do this thing, hear this word, say our prayers, and go to lunch. I've been obsessed with the way Jesus gives out the bread for a while. Uh, Johnny and DJ know the day I came in and got a dry erase marker and started connecting dots and was frantic. I was like, last night I was watching the football game and I got into some Greek study and look at this. And if we can go back to that Matthew 26, 26 passage. It starts there, although this is the NIV, and it doesn't do a great job of translating it, I don't think. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed the bread. That word, and when he had given thanks, is one word. It just means blessed. Broke it and gave it. The reason I've been a little intense about this it's because this is not the first time in Matthew he did this, in this exact order. It's actually happened twice before. Feeding of the 5,000, it says he took the bread and when he looked up to heaven, he adds a verb, looked up to heaven, blessed it, broke it, gave it. And then, feeding of the 4,000, he took the bread, he blessed the bread, he broke the bread, he gave the bread. And then in Matthew 26, he gets to the Lord's table and he takes the bread, he blesses the bread, he breaks the bread, and he gives the bread. This pattern for the Lord's Supper that, that culminates in Matthew on the Lord's Supper exists already whenever he's feeding multitudes of people. That we, what we find at the table is not just a thing that has to be done but a people that get to share in a thing. 
Everybody. The peasants out in the field who, who, who need, the, need bread, they're hungry. It wasn't some sacrament there. It was food. And what's beautiful is that Jesus uses the food that is good for everyone, that everyone has it. It's, it's a food that everybody can share. He doesn't say, let's, here's this smoked peasant. Peasant? Pheasant. I blew it. That would be, yes. I'll see y'all tonight. He doesn't say, here's this smoked pheasant that you've got to share and this commemorates my body. No, it's something that everybody has. It's bread. It's easy. I'm not going to recover from this, am I? <laughs> it's easy to make. It's easy to share. It's something that's easy to break and give to other people. And Matthew uses that pattern to show us that when he feeds the 5,000, which is in the, in the uh, Jewish community, feeds the 5,000, feeds the 4,000 across the sea and, and more of a Gentile base, and then he puts the Lord's Supper. All that's connected. The Lord's Supper is not just for people in the room. It's for the nations. What's even crazier is Mark uses the exact same words when he tells it. Exact same changes. Takes, and when Mark tells the 5,000, uh, feeds the 5,000, he takes the bread, he looks up, he blesses the bread, he breaks the bread, he gives the bread. Feeds the 4,000, takes the bread, blesses the bread, breaks the bread, gives the bread. And then the Lord's Supper. Takes the bread, blesses the bread, breaks it, and gives it. Mark's trying to make the same point. That the, that the body of Christ that's represented in the bread is not something that Jesus was accustomed to, to, to being a miser with. Jesus doesn't, Jesus, what, what Jesus does with bread is he gives it to all who need it. Now, some of you Bible people may be thinking, what does Luke do? And you may have this question in your mind because you know that in Luke, there is no feeding of the 4,000. There's feeding of the 5,000, nothing, and then Lord's Supper. All right, hold on. Luke uses the same words for feeding of the 5,000. Then Luke takes Mark and Matthew's words from feeding of the 4,000 and uses it for the Lord's Supper. So he's got this just this extra set of words. And then he finds two men on the way to Emmaus. Jesus just shows up. They're walking home. And they're talking about what's happening, but you just don't know. It's crazy.
crazy to me that they, they, they tell Jesus, because Jesus shows up and says, hey, what are y'all talking about? And they say, are you the only person in Jerusalem who doesn't know what's been going on the past couple of days? Jesus, we thought he was the Messiah, and he died. But what's real peculiar is a couple of women said that they, that they saw that he's alive, and the angels told him. But their direction told you what they thought about that testimony. It was time to go home. It was over. And Jesus says, Aren't, it's kind of crazy you don't understand all this, huh? And so he teaches them on the way home. Teaches them about why the Messiah was supposed to suffer. Teaches them, goes to the prophets and points out what exactly was going on in Jerusalem. They said, don't you know what's happening in Jerusalem? And Jesus says, don't you know what was happening in Jerusalem? And then they get home. One of my favorite verses in all of scripture, and this is uh, Luke 24, and it's on the, on the board here. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued as if he were going farther. I don't know why that cracks me up. Jesus pretended. To me, that makes him human. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I mean, just taking a chance on these guys. He wasn't going farther. This was where he was intended to go. But it goes on. He intended as he went on as uh, walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, "Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over." So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed the bread and broke the bread and gave them the bread. And then <laughs> he was gone. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had, made, no, had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. I grew up like a man on the road to Emmaus walking home. I had people explaining the word of God to me and it set a fire in me, but my direction never changed until I sat at the table of the Lord. My feet never went back to where, the, where people were meeting together, celebrating the resurrection until I broke bread with the Savior. And as the body of Christ, as the one who is part of the bread, like we, it's such a weird uh, trio here that the bread represents the body for the body of Christ. 
as in that, that strange existence, we find that at the presence of the, at, at, at the table with Jesus, those two men at Emmaus, they did not sit at their table after Jesus took the bread and blessed the bread and broke the bread and gave it. Those two men did not go, what do you think he meant when he quoted Isaiah? The other one said, I think it's Isaiah. <laughs> they didn't fuss and fiddle with the text. They didn't argue over this. Jesus is actually alive. Let's let our feet start going. Because you can burn in your heart and still stay on your path. Jesus is alive, so let's get going. And they, their report was, we saw him when he broke the bread. As the body of Christ... We too have been received by the Savior. We've been blessed by God. And I, as I look back on my life, the times Jesus has broken me in order to give me to the world. Not in some harsh way, not in some where I feel shame, but because because my way of thinking isn't always Jesus' way of thinking. I can be selfish. And my selfishness can seek its way or seep its way into the what I think is right. And I I can start saying, well, God wants this for you because why? Because I want it for you. God thinks this, and we are good about thinking for God, but sometimes God just needs to humble us a little bit. And those moments where you've gone, oh, that was a mistake. Oh, that wasn't right. That wasn't good to say to them. It wasn't good to say about them. The moments this Holy Spirit is working on you. He's working on you so that you can be sent, by, so that you can be given to the world. He doesn't take the bread, bless the bread, break the bread, and bite the bread. He gives it. To all in the fields who are hungry, he gives it to all at the table who are worried. He gives it and to the men in the house who are confused and scared. He gives it. The body of Christ is given freely to all. This is not a pre-communion sermon. 
we did this on purpose. We, I, thought, I thought about it, and then, you know, so sometimes you preach for a while, and you're like, now we take communion. Isn't that neat? Switched it up a little. But what we did earlier today, when we received from Jesus the bread, is we are committing ourselves not just to remember the body, but to be the body. The body of Christ. When we have been received by God, we have been blessed by God, we have been humbled by God, and now we are being given. We are no longer receivers of love simply. We are still receivers of love and grace and forgiveness and mercy. But as the body of Christ, the blessed, broken body of Christ, we are being given by Christ to the world. This could be taken the wrong way. You know, as in, here I am, smoked peasants. <laughs> I've arrived. I am right. I am holy. My way is the way of Jesus. Therefore, follow me. What, what they need to see in us that are, is that we are received, blessed, and broken. That only then are we fit to be given. Humbly going into the world, sharing Jesus with our friends, sharing Jesus with our neighbors. That does not involve pamphlets it does not involve talking points most of the time it just involves bread and a table you ever wonder why he doesn't say do this or every time you break this bread remember this is my body on Sundays or was Jesus trying to do something more that we do here together, but we also, whenever we are at our homes, when we take, when we eat the simplest of things, Jesus says, remember me. Here we have unleavened bread. 94% of you at lunch will have chips and salsa. <laughs> we take polls. There. Just the basics of each other should allow us to look around the table and go, Jesus is here. And wherever we go, Jesus should be there too. As we are the body of Christ. Taken by God and given to the world so that they can see our brokenness and our blessedness all at once.
So may you go into the world today as the body of Christ. Be open and vulnerable. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to hide your brokenness. Because it's in our brokenness that we find our blessedness too. And I'm so thankful for a group of broken and blessed people that I can be broken and blessed with. That we can all say we have been received by God and we've been given by God to be the body of Christ to the world. Let's pray. Father, sometimes our hearts are on fire but our feet don't change direction. Come into our presence this year and stir us, not to perfection, but to blessedness and brokenness. Stir us so that our, our feet leave our homes and run to share your gospel. Stir us so that we are excited about your resurrection. God, we don't know what you have in store this year for us, what blessings, what difficulties we'll have to endure. But God, we know what you are capable of. And we trust you with everything we have. Fill us with your spirit and fill our area with our people so that we can share your good news. Send us, give us. God, help us to abandon perfection in 2022. Seek Seek your table and your people. God, as we get better about opening up seats at our table, God, send us new people that we can share your kingdom with. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.